TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work, and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. Each week we bring you topics and information to help you unlock your inner wellness woman. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And thank you for spending some time with us today. We are going to talk this week about the ketogenic diet and ketosis. But before we do that, I want to drop out there a really wonderful quote that uh, inspires both Andrea and myself. And that is, the power that made the body heals the body. So we're going to talk today about how to unlock your inner potential for healing and health and how to bring out your ability to burn fat and get your body back into the correct metabolic state. So Andy, this is really exciting. We're going to talk about ketogenic diet is bandied around a lot of health circles. There's a lot of people who poo-poo it and don't like it and think it's bad and dangerous and harmful. And there's other people who are so pro about this diet saying that, hey, you know, if we can put people into a state of ketosis, we could save the world from cancer. And that's true for so many different diets. There's always the extremes. Um, There's the critics and then there's the almost extremist advocates. And whenever there's any type of fad around something, I'm always weary. And I'll always... So that's, that's an orange light coming up there. Oh, amber, yeah. Amber light comes on. You're like, whoa, let's check this. Are we going to burn through it or are we going to hold back and watch what's happening? Definitely. Because I think that as soon as you put a label on something, you're opening yourself up to criticism for people to debunk every part of it, but then to have such avid followers of it. And if we look at all the diets um, that have you know come and gone, most of them have just been those fads. Uh, when I first sort of started to hear about the ketogenic diet, I was wondering, okay, is this the Atkins diet just with a shiny new hat on? And the good thing is that it's not. Um, however, it still is a diet, so I'm still really weary of it. And for one reason, like what does the first three letters of diet spell? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. diet. So why the hell would anyone want to do that in the first place? Why would they want to be so restrictive for all the possibilities that they can possibly, you know, nourish their body with? But there are some benefits. There's certainly some really amazing benefits to this way of eating or this lifestyle. And I'd like to kind of refer to it more of as a, as a lifestyle rather than a diet because, you know, one, why would you want to subject yourself to that? And lovely um, listeners, I know you've heard this before from us because we do not believe in the word diet. It's a dirty word to us. Definitely. Um, we certainly believe in lifestyle transformation and setting up establishing habits and patterns that allow you to live really, really well without, um, I guess, strong restrictions because the human brain does not deal well with deprivation. We don't like to think we're missing out on something that could be better. That whole grass is always grown approach. So diets are fantastically useful for a lot of people. And some of you I'm sure listening feel this way too, because they set up a protocol or a, a rule or a guideline to help you change away from some of those poor habits that have been not serving you well and you know you need to change, but you really need someone to walk you through the step-by-step process to get you to change. And that's where this um, ketogenic diet comes into it because it really is a very strict protocol to bring your body into a biochemical state of ketosis. 
Uh, so actually, let's talk about what ketosis actually is, mm. because that is the keystone of what this eating program or this framework is all about. And and ketosis essentially is moving your body from being a a sugar or a carbohydrate burning machine switching that over to actually burning fat as its fuel rather than carbohydrates as its Um, primary fuel so it'll choose fats first yeah exactly and actually i know that you've really gone into the um the molecular uh biochemistry of why this actually happens do you want to walk us through that well look i think it's um firstly important to understand a little bit of background as to how the ketogenic diet even came about because it's something we've only recently heard of most of us in the last decade and in fact, it was actually designed back in 1924 by a doctor by the name of uh, Russell Wilder, and he was at the Mayo Clinic over in the States. And it was actually shown, because what they were doing was looking for a solution to people who experienced seizures that did not respond to medications mm-hmm. at the time. And it was fascinating. They started to play with dietary alternatives to see if they could change the way in which the brain functioned under the nutrition it was provided. And really fascinating was that they found it to be highly effective in treating epilepsy and certain forms of seizures. And here we go. And that's where it started. So initially it was found as a seizure and anti-seizure diet, but in that persisted all the way through the 1940s. And then it fell out of fashion for a period of time there because a lot of people went on the rampage against fat as yeah. being dangerous and, and bad. And we go, you know, the, the whole low fat, high carbohydrate swing switched over and that's where we lost that understanding of what ketogenic diets were actually doing for the human brain. And that was the most interesting thing. And that's, I mean, as chiropractors, why we're so interested in these kinds of diets is because these have direct impact on our brain and nervous system and our ability to function and fire off messages. And for me, that was like, wow, ketosis is a way of not just burning fats as fuel, but it fires up and enhances the ability of the brain to function correctly. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And this guy was obviously very much ahead of his time. And we see that happen so often. Uh, So many things get shunned, especially by the medical community, for such a long time. But then it actually does become mainstream. Uh, And this sort of eating program for brain health is certainly referenced in so much of our modern material, like Grain Brain and Wheat Belly and those fantastic books um, written by, you know, some world-renowned psychiatrists as well because of the effect of um, you know the ketones in the brain yeah and look i think um what's so great about being ketosis is there's a couple of really key benefits um and we'll talk about some of the the benefits and some of the the pitfalls the negatives as well because it's really important for you to have Mm -hmm. a balanced view um because this is certainly not a diet regime for all people yeah there's absolutely exclusions and certain people with health conditions should not try this under any circumstance and at other times there's gray zones where people really must be doing this diet under the strict guidance of a medical professional or a healthcare practitioner who can follow and take note of some of the biochemical and symptomatic changes to know when enough's enough for yeah, that body exactly so um i think the key the big benefit though is really the fact that it pushes the body to utilize the fats as the primary fuel and of course you know when your body is not running on a high carbohydrate diet the energy sources are going to be drawn upon what the substrates are and it's interesting because it's shown to have as well a protein sparing effect which is 
great for people who need muscle mass, mm-hmm. but they need lean body mass. So think of athletes or you know people who are in performance sports, weightlifters, powerlifters, class category performance sports where you have to be at a certain weight zone. But then that, to me, applies to every human being. I mean, every human being we were born to function at an optimum level, and that means having you know maximum amount of uh, muscle, allowing us for great movement of our joints. You know, we've got to have muscles to move joints, and also the minimum amount of body fat. So if we're not uh, overloading the organs and the breakdown of fats, causing problems with the rest of the body. So I think it's just um, a very interesting concept that should be more in fashion than it is and i know that you mentioned that there's a country right now that has has actually started to make some recommendations more in keeping with this ketogenic diet look i I don't think that they've gone full recommending Um, however some really exciting news coming out from sweden the entire country so as a matter of national policy um they're actually recommending a low carbohydrate high fat diet um after their panel of health experts reviewed over sixteen thousand peer-reviewed documents which is phenomenal um and just because of the benefits of good natural healthy fats and they're seeing how that affects their country as and their health status as a nation so that is their national policy now that that is their recommendation so they've kind of turned that whole you know our our normal food pyramid on its head which i think is incredible and i am certainly an advocate for the high fat lower carbohydrate moderate protein type diet but ketogenic diets are not necessarily that um, passe, it's it's much more strict. So to be on a ketogenic diet, it is high fat, moderate protein, and very low carbohydrate. And, and to, yeah, to define that, I mean, this is where people are going to gasp. I think <laughs> you're listening now and you're going, oh, what? I'm going to give you the numbers of yeah. the percentages because this is where it gets most people off. They just look at that and just go, that's ridiculous. We can't do that. It's not possible. It's Humans yeah. can't survive like that. That's not good for you. It's going to clog your arteries. It's going to cause, cause cholesterol. You know, all the negative thoughts we've been trained in over the last, you know, decades uh, because the poor uh, I guess guidelines that we've set out previously, which we still have ingrained there, but the ketosis is produced under the conditions that you have 70 to 75 percent of your calories coming from fat, mm-hmm. 20 to 25 percent from protein, and a very minimal five to 10 percent coming from carbohydrate on a daily basis, and calories are not restricted. So isn't that interesting because this is actually a non-calorie restricted diet um, and yet you're consuming 70 to 75% of calories from fat. So this is where people go, but hang on, you're telling me I can eat as many calories as I like, but 70% of those are going to come from fat. That doesn't make any sense. So go with us here because we're not the scientists who produce this research. We're not the ones who, you know, came up with the diet back in 1924, but we're certainly proponents of anything that can help your body function at the highest level possible. And that's that's what this is all about. And if you're a traditionally educated nutritionist or dietitian, you are going to certainly shun this because the caloric intake from fats, um, you know, gram for gram is a lot higher than, say, some types of carbohydrates and some types of proteins. So for most of us, um, this is, you know, even though defying logic, we are still ingrained to prescribe to the whole fat makes us fat um, and, you know, the calories in, calories out equation or that dogma. So most of us, even though we know that we have, this has been disproven, there's somewhere in our brain, because it has been ingrained in us for so long, we still think that that's the way that things should be, that calories in, calories out, and, you know, that's the equation for a healthy body or a lean body. And let's explain why high fat and moderate protein. Um, and the key here is... 
the fats have little to no effect on blood sugar mm-hmm. and insulin levels. Yeah. Okay. Contrast that to the high sugar and the insulin levels there. And I mean, if you have consuming high sugar, high carbohydrates, it literally just puts a break on the body's ability to release and burn fatty acids. And that's the foundation for ketosis. So you need to switch that over. And when we're talking about society now, you look around, you look at how many people are having concerns with weight management, storing fat around the midline, around the hips, thighs, bum, belly, um, back to the arms. These are all indicators that we're storing excessive quantities of fat as a survival mechanism because you put all those fat in the wrong places. We're going to die. You know, it's going to clog up all the vital organs. And so instead, we're, we're outsourcing fat to external parts of the body that hopefully will let us survive a little bit longer. Because for, you know, most Western diets, we are so, we're starving of nutrients, but we're so overfed. So it's that, you know, there's a great movie about it called Overfed and Undernourished. And it's the perfect example of that. And we're still hungry and we're still looking for those sources because we're not getting adequate nutrition and the foods that actually fuel the body appropriately um when someone first starts off on a ketogenic diet especially if you have been on a you know traditional sort of western diet that is higher in carbohydrates it's tough and a lot of people report that the first probably five days because it takes approximately five to six days to actually get into that state of ketosis uh and the very low carbohydrates so the five to ten percent might look like in the first few days, 20 to 30 grams of carbs. And that might equate to maybe if look, if we're looking at um, say traditional sources of carbohydrates, like breads, that might be two slices of bread. Um, so it's not much at all. It's very minimal sources, but you would be getting these from, you know, really good quality leafy greens essentially. And to start off the diet, that's effectively where you'll be getting your carbohydrate sources from people in this stage will crave a lot of sugar. Uh, They might experience a bit of brain fog because your body's going to go through a shift. It's quite a dramatic change to force it into that fat burning mode. And so there's certainly changes that have to happen on a metabolic and a biochemical level as well, because your pancreas has got to catch up to the fact that you're not relying on glucose for energy anymore. Uh, so initially when you're getting into that ketosis, um, you can actually go the opposite of what you expect to do. Most people start a diet and expect themselves to feel great and start to feel fabulous, but it does the opposite, doesn't it? It dumps you down first. And, uh, some people actually experience what they call a keto flu. So a ketogenic flu where they, um, experience a lot of, uh, tiredness, that foggy headedness, a bit of achiness, almost the flu like symptoms within that first week. Um, but it does change and it is actually a really common side effect of entering ketosis. So if this is something that has been recommended to you or you want to try it, when you get to that point, it's actually a really good sign. So there's that big shift that happens when you actually move away from sugar. Uh, my recommendation to any of my patients when they get to that stage is actually to boost your magnesium supplementation because, uh, your brain goes a little crazy when it's craving, craving sugar. Um, and because magnesium is involved in, you know, 400 and something, um, you know, processes in our body or biochemical transactions that is essential so adequate levels of uh, magnesium will counteract some of those side Side effects effects. and but once your body gets used to that manufacturing of ketones as the main energy substrate um you then actually can i guess recognize you'll have a whole lot more energy than you ever had before 
it's quite fascinating. People then talk about this surge of energy, like they can be doing uh, twice as much as they were doing previously. And I think that's really interesting because people usually, you know, want to feel great, but this is one of those diets that actually gets you feeling great pretty fast. As all reports indicate, it's not something you have to wait months and months for to start to feel good. It's literally by week two. A lot of people are already reporting much higher levels of satisfaction in their daily energy levels, even improving things like sleep quality, which is surprising in such a short period of time. That's where this, you know, we we live in a society of fast, fix it now, pill for every ill, we want stuff done now. So people who want results now, this is probably your diet to, to be inclined towards because although you might have that first little sort of five-day metabolic shift, you then jump into the results based uh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, there's lots of reports that people are never as as, or never more productive as they are on a ketogenic diet or when they're in ketosis, which is really interesting because you've shifted your whole system around and it, again, defies that logic of what's ingrained in us that carbohydrates is what gives us energy and gives us fuel but the body is actually much more efficiently using fat as energy when it's in that state um so you know these are certainly some of the pros so higher energy levels better performance better mental clarity so once that brain fog lifts after the first few days then it's it's even better than what it was before um a lot of people will state that they can maintain like a very low body fat percentage or a lean body mass very consistently and it's counterintuitive because we need a different word for fat or or the fat that we get in our diet because fat doesn't make us fat so we're eating a lot of fat from our diet whereas it's actually having an inverse relationship with our body mass. Um, so what if we could call them quality lipids or something, just a, a new name for it, a fat profile. Yeah. Then people would get this idea that uh, As fat a society, is not, not dangerous, it's not toxic, it's it. not... Yeah. Yeah. The big caution there, though, and um, something that certainly needs to be mentioned, is the concerns regarding dehydration. Mm-hmm. Because with um, the... In- there's an increased water loss associated with the ketoic-induced... Um, well, ketosis. So because your body is going to start to deplete the oxygen, water levels, molecules of hydrogen and oxygen, let's go with water. Um, Yeah, then unfortunately you do have increased risks of the dehydration. So it's paramount that people are so aware of that yeah. because that can happen very suddenly very quickly um certainly as the yeah as the glycogen levels deplete uh that's a really important thing to know so making sure you're maintaining really good quality levels of hydration and your good electrolytes as well so again magnesium supplementation is important some really good quality say pink himalayan rock salt um or pink himalayan salt sprinkle that into your water lick it off the back of your hand whatever you want to do is going to really help to counteract that um another downside and a really normal response initially uh when you're entering that ketosis phase is that reactive hyperglycemia that some people experience so it's almost like you're going about your normal day-to-day activities um that your body would normally uh, moderate that with an insulin spike because your pancreas hasn't caught up with your immune dietary changes yet um, and you will need sugar fast when you get to if this happens so you might experience some palpitations a little bit of shakiness dizziness uh, you'll feel like you need to sit down and also you can also get severe nausea so it can be akin to someone who hasn't um, 
hasn't run or done any exercise for a long, long time, gets up first thing in the morning and goes out and tries to run 5Ks. So you're going to have, you know, palpitations, going to be shaky, going to need to lie down. And that is that reactive hypoglycemia. It's really normal and it can uh, be pretty scary when it happens initially and your brain is going to tell you that you need glucose or sugar really, really fast. Um, But you need to moderate that just by being very, very careful and sticking to the guidelines or working with your health practitioners to make sure that that actually doesn't happen. So the big challenge too is knowing when you're actually in a state of ketosis. How do you know you're in ketosis? Um, where, where do you hit that magic metabolic sweet spot where your body's in that perfect fat burning function? And there are some test kits out there that allow you to do urine ketone mm-hmm. testing. However, it really does yield very inconsistent results. So if you are doing ketone testing yourself and you're using a urine test, be mindful that it can be very inconsistent. Um, and I think the key there is that there are some products you can purchase out there and they are able to test glucose and ketones. So mm-hmm. it's actually a blood pinprick test, much like you do with people who have insulin resistance or diabetes. Mm-hmm. And that's the only true way of being certain of what state of ketones your body is in because you also have to be very, very careful. Um, one of the high risks and the big concern that a lot of practitioners, doctors and health professionals have is that if your body is not processing correctly, your you know metabolic systems aren't dealing with this change correctly, then you certainly have a risk of ketoacidosis. Yeah. Okay. And this is when the level of ketones in the blood gets out of control and it really does pose a severe health risk. So it's important to monitor your blood ketones. This is not a diet that you can just go and go, oh, I'm feeling good. That's great. Because you can have a very sudden crash um, unless you monitor correctly. So, you know, like we've told you some of the pros there, some of the, the cons, the, the negatives is certainly the fact that if you're not monitoring it properly and you're not being a good little ketogenic diet supporter there and doing the right things, then you do have some very real concerns about whether or not your health will be maintained. You could do damage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's some also some things, some really, really simple things that will actually keep you from hitting that point of ketosis. And some people might not realize it might be as simple as just having a little bit of tomato. Uh, so the, the foods that you eat is very, very restrictive initially until you kind of get used to that whereas some people might find it very easy because of the high fat content so the things that they would normally not even go near like the butter the avocados um you know even some of the nut butters uh because they have stayed away from those naturally because of you know that whole fat makes us fat um dogma um when we talk about this though i just want to cover some of the myths around the ketogenic diet because there's certainly the extremists who think that this is the cure-all for everything. And they might even attest to the fact that um, nutritional ketosis is our normal state. So it's something that our ancestors have always been in. I'm um, not going to say extremists, though. Because, you know, as science has proven time and time again, that what was extreme and fringe and possibly, you know, sure. pushing boundaries is actually could actually be still to be proven. So... In the yeah. purpose of science, I'm not going to call them extremists. I think we'll just okay. talk about them as being fringe dwellers in, you know, the sure. avant-garde. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying new things. The Let's just say the really avid advocates for the ketogenic diet who might attest to the fact that, like I said, the nutritional ketosis is our normal state. 
there's actually the majority of studies that show that the hunter-gatherer societies mm. typically consumed about 20 to 30% of the calories from carbohydrates rather than 5 to 10% um, as prescribed in the ketogenic diets. And there's no real historical examples of humans following a ketogenic diet for an extended period of time. Perfect. And however, that goes into our seasonal lifestyle, doesn't it? Exactly. However... 20 to 30% calories from carbohydrates is still a lot lower than what's prescribed in our Western diet right now. And this is certainly what I think is much more helpful for our bodies than, you know, what's currently recommended. Um, There are some certain conditions that I would certainly recommend a ketogenic diet for. What would that be? And this is something that I would do and I would monitor very closely with my patients, but it has been shown to be fantastic in... Obviously, people who are overweight or obese, if you've got really serious weight issues and you need to drop fat fast, this will certainly do it. Yeah, or diagnosed with metabolic syndrome, for example. Yep, definitely. So, you know, really high blood sugars, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, or diabetes. But diabetes, both one and two, this has been shown to be really beneficial in. Um, Traumatic brain injuries and epilepsy because of how it was actually instigated in the first place. There is a lot of research that also supports um, the use of keto, uh, ketogenic diets for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's as well. Again, brain-related the conditions. The positive um, effects on the brain. I very much support this diet for women with uh, hormonal dysfunction, especially PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, because of the fact that insulin resistance is such a problem and such a self-perpetuating issue for these women. So you've really got to flick that switch and a ketogenic diet will do that. And so this is something that I'll prescribe for them. They'll usually do really well on it. Um, in some of those other conditions, however, I found that men tend to fare better on it than women do just because you know women's hormones are such a moving target it just can change things up a little bit um however with men they've actually found that in ketosis they get a natural increase in the hgh or the human growth hormones Hmm. so how cool is that uh so there's certainly pros to this as well um let's talk about the cons though is there anything specific, uh, Ash, that you have come across um, or that you've experienced as apart from the few things that we've just listed there um, that people need to use caution with? Look, I think certainly there's uh, concern about the issue of micronutrient deficiencies. Yep. And that's because your carbohydrates are restricted so low, you know, obviously under 50 grams a day. And a lot of the carbohydrate sources are where we get things such as like potassium, you mentioned magnesium supplementation because that's what you're going to be lacking in. Also calcium, folate, uh, thiamine, these are often inadequate in low-carb diets. So it's important to know what possibly could be missing. You may have to supplement those things in. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, under direct supervision by a practitioner because it's near on impossible for anyone to judge their own levels of thiamine or or calcium you have to be tested and and be checked for these things so yeah certainly being being very aware of the issues of micronutrient deficiencies um and of course anyone who's diabetic the risks of playing around with your insulin and the rest is is real so you have to again follow the guidelines and follow your practitioner's advice 
Absolutely. So definitely use it with caution. Um, mm. The only other concern that I have about it is that the long-term users of a ketogenic diet may experience some issues with their gut flora or their, their gut microbiome. Um, of course, yes. And there has been some studies that have shown that long-term ketosis can contribute to inflammatory conditions because of how it affects the gut flora. And the reason being is that the microbiome really relies on the accessible carbohydrates such as fruits and vegetables and starchy plants, seeds, legumes, all of those sorts of things as their food source for, you know, our intestinal bacteria. Um, this can certainly be offset by consuming some of those non-digestible fermentable fibers, which are found in certain seeds and legumes um, and some grains. Um, but this is more a pitfall of the long-term users of this system. Yeah. And I know we've discussed the notion of possibly cycling a ketogenic diet. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly a fan of cycling. I think that... Uh, we know about the body's ability for adaptive stress, so we can <clears throat> excuse me, we can deal with periods of um, adaptation. Uh, purists will say that's not a good idea with this diet because you know follow it all the time, stay on the same diet, and that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. But for the benefit of being, you know, an engaged human being with social interactions and the ability to go out and enjoy a meal with friends, I think cycling helps you embrace the benefits of the the state of ketosis. But also, you know, at other times, just like we would in seasons, and I always sort of try and talk to my clients about you know seasonal food sources like. Mm-hmm. Our body, we, we adapt to seasons, summer, autumn, winter, and spring. And so the food and produce available in the summer is not always available in the winter. So historically, we've always cycled our food sources. And in summers, generally, there's more carbohydrates because of fruits and fresh availability. Mm-hmm. And then in winters, it's, it's starchier, and you can often find people will choose um, more laden fat and, and protein-based foods because they're heavier, they're denser, they're richer, and it's almost what you need, those carbohydrates for foods in winter and then you go the high high fuel again in summer so i believe in cycling i've always think that um we need to to keep variety in our life it's more exciting i mean ladies who the heck wants to stuck to you know stuck on one thing all the time except for your husband you know stick with him (laughs) (laughs) you stick to one of those because too many is is too hard i think but um yeah certainly to to talk about food (laughs) then i would prefer to stick to you know to the idea of variety Okay. And that means shifting. So let's look then at what a day in a ketogenic diet might look like um, and, yeah. and the sort of food sources that you would tend to look at. Um, so obviously the fat is the major source, uh, your major fuel source mm, in this. Mm. And certainly things like avocado, butter, beef tallow, ghee, lard, macadamia nuts, olive oils, your coconut oils, um, your coconut butters, uh, nuts, those sorts of things are your major fat sources. And this is not dairy restrictive, so you can also be looking at full-fat yogurts and cheese and um, you know the high-fat Greek yogurts that are available. So um, again, that clashes with some of our principles, doesn't it, Andy? We've talked about before in um, what we believe will help women to establish better hormonal harmony um, and we tend to cut down carbohydrates and remove some of the the inflammatory influences of dairy products and yeah. this contrasts that so if you're sitting there thinking hang on they just can contradict themselves we don't generally sort of try and contradict but more give you options and Mm. see why it's so hard for us as health practitioners as well to be so definitive and black and white about this because there's so many circumstances 
whereby we could change those rules according to the person's particular health needs. And some people do fine on dairy. Yeah. A lot of people don't as well. Exactly. Um, same, with, same with other you know food sources. People do fine on one thing and not with others. Again, that comes to the bio-unique factor, yeah. and that is that we're all genetically uh, different. Some people adapt better to certain food sources than others, um, and hence the reason we talk about blood typing diets and things like that as well, because there's also those factors that uh, may influence it. Exactly. Uh, so the protein sources uh, would be from your normal animal uh, protein sources, so especially your good quality oily fishes, so your salmon, mackerel, uh, whole eggs, of course, are they're advocated for in... And pasture-raised meat sources. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and when you cook those, you know, just gently cooked, not, not overcooked and destroyed <laughs> with uh, the, the, the very, very, very well-done steaks. Uh, unfortunately, that denatures all the protein that would give us the benefits so yeah it's yeah, so a gently cooked pasture raised meat is definitely on my uh, list of shopping treats to get yeah so this means grass-fed meat and uh, your vegetable or your carbohydrate sources would be from sources like your, your green leafy veggies usually ones that are grown above the ground and uh, these are certainly in very specific quantities as well and preferably uh, they do prefer raw or lightly cooked yeah. and again not overcooked because we're trying to ingest as much of the nourishment from the food and the more you break it down, the more you cook it down, uh, the less nutrition it will hold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, this diet might sound amazing to some people and yeah. we certainly encourage you to uh, look more into this gain gather your information gather your resources uh speak to your health practitioners about this and whether or not it could be appropriate for you we'd love to know your thoughts on it as well uh yeah. whether or not you've experienced this whether you've played around with the ketogenic diet has it worked for you has it not worked for you uh because we would love to share these with our community um and so and everyone can sort of learn from each other's experience as well and we talk about this often you know that there's such a thing as evidence-based medicine and we also implore practice-based evidence. Yeah. You know, the fact that you, you, you see it in action, it, it's, a, 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 I guess, an example of a situation whereby something works. So even if it falls outside the scope of that evidence-based application, because there's no science that says that that's so, it's really important to take in the practice-based evidence, things that are showing up each day, you know, your experiences, how you felt on it, what your body did, how you responded, because that's case-by-case, case, um, I guess, building blocks to establish data that allows you to see whether something is true and, in fact, it actually works for a lot of people. And, I mean, as chiropractors, that's where we're working always towards those, those I guess, evidence-based approaches because we believe in evidence first however it takes time to establish that evidence yeah absolutely so if you do want to do this just remember you're going to have to stick to it for four to six weeks to um, achieve full keto adaptation yeah. so you do have to stick it out um, if you're willing to try and find out whether this will work for you and I mean are we running out of time now Andy when we come to the end of our session we have so hopefully that's covered a lot about the ketogenic diet and how that I guess is compared and contrasted to the the other options that you've got out there Again, we implore you to find out what works for you. And Absolutely. there is no one size fits all with this. And that's one thing that I really want to stress with any of these systems is because as far as I'm concerned, there never has been and there probably never will be a one size fits all diet. It is way too complicated to prescribe one diet for everyone, especially when we have to take into account genes, genetic expression, the individual's microbiome, their current health status, um, their ancestry, their geography, even their climate, um, their activity levels, their emotional status and their daily activities. 
that is an impossible task and it's not going to happen. So there is no one size fits all. If you have had really good experiences with it, that is fantastic. And if you might fit into those categories of people that might really benefit from this, we would encourage you to explore it, but work with your health practitioners. Absolutely. So wellness men out there, we've really enjoyed this day, uh, spending some time with you talking about the ketogenic diet. We'll certainly bring you more great uh, topics and episodes to come in the next weeks ahead and months and years, hopefully. Um, We really thank you for being part of our show and we will be online available to you. You can always access us. And thank you to those lovely people and ladies and gentlemen, actually, there's been a few guys that have emailed us asking more questions about some of the things we've discussed and that's been fantastic or asking for who do you recommend in my area and who can help me with this and that's really exciting to us because we are so happy to network for you and find out who the best people are near you get in touch with us www.facebook.com forward slash the wellness women and also remember go on there click like if you love some of these episodes please just click a link and share it with your friends because a lot of people don't know we're here yet and we're really trying to get out there and share more information with everyone and of course you know the world web has just got millions and millions and billions of people on there and the more people we can touch and reach the happier we are because we know this this information is so important and it's changing lives we've already got those emails to say that people are doing incredible things and we want more of those so thank you very much and have an amazing week be well This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.